This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Jim Toth. Back-to-back wins for the Winnipeg Jets. Happy Monday. 5-1 over the Ottawa Senators. 5-3 over the Philadelphia Flyers. Big weekend. Bounce yeah. back after yeah. the start of their road trip. They're now 2-2. Two and two. It's Monday, so I don't know who has a case of the Mondays. Is there anybody more happy to not have a job than Bruce Boudreaux? <laughs> We're going to get into that after 12-50. Uh, Still getting paid, isn't he? I think so. You better pay that man. You better throw a little extra on that. You know, throwing some gift certs or something just to say thank you. You know what? You know what you need to do? You need to go up to him, give him a nice firm handshake and say, Bruce Boudreaux, thanks so much for everything that you've done for this organization. I hope when after Saturday they called him in for a Sunday morning, 930 a.m. meeting, his first response was for what? There better have been a real like Great. not just okay, I'll be there. I I would like a, a for what? Like if it was an email <laughs> or a text, I would want the reply for what? Well, what and just you, see what the response would there be. There better have been a a great spread in front of him. Bruce is a much kinder man than me, and I don't know this at all, but I would assume that he like I would have done the for what? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> but he probably wasn't, so he's kinder. He's he's more gentleman than I would. I would have at least replied back, What what do you want? What do you need to talk about? I got a, I got a breakfast planned. Yeah, I got like this thing I got to do out of town. I got to go shopping. I had to go pick something up for my son. I'm actually um, going to go read to blind children at 930 tomorrow. What do you want? Because that's how good Bruce is in this situation, and that's how poor the Canucks are. But we'll, we'll get to that later yeah. on. Big weekend for the Jets, and we'll dissect them too, I know, the, the two games. But I thought one of them looked a lot like the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, please text the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, this one says, this one from Terry. Hi, Cam and Jim. Good game last night. But can you explain why the Jets will have a lead and give it up? Do they do this for dramatic effect? Geez, it makes for a knuckle biter. That one from Terry. Well, thanks for that uh, text message, Terry. And I will now bring on our guest, Jamie Thomas, radio Jets radio color analyst on 680 CJOB. Who also, when you texted him to see if he'd come on today, replied, for what? <laughs> He sent me. He just sent. He actually just talks to me in gifts. He like the guy won't even send me a text message back. He's like, for what? I'm busy. <laughs> oh, this isn't the Canucks front office. Yeah, okay, I'm available. Yeah. So, so Jamie, what what gives? Is this all for dramatic effect? The Jets coughing up leads. I mean, in in my estimation, watching that game against the Flyers, when they get out to that big lead, three uh, eight and a half minutes into the game, they get up three nothing, and I and I was even thinking in my head, I'm like. I think they're going to need all those three goals tonight, and that mm-hmm. ended up what that ended up what's happening. But uh, I, I thought all around it was a real great uh, Winnipeg Jets game and a pretty dang good hockey game as well. Yeah, I think like despite where Philadelphia sits in the standings, we'd all like to think that three nothing leads are safe in the National Hockey League. I think you just have to look around the league; it's not hard. It's not easy to hold on to them uh, as people would think. And Philadelphia was nine and three in their last twelve. They're really starting to turn things around under John Tortorella. They're a significantly better team than they were last year. So they work hard. Um, when you look at the bone, bare bones of that win last night, you your special teams for once were not very good. Yeah, and they've they've been leaning on that a lot lately um, to win hockey games. And the other part of it is. 
is you get a, a nice goal from Axel Janssen Fialbi and Carson Kuhlman, who absolutely got obliterated by Nick Seeley in the first period, cutting to the front of the Flyers oh, net. Oh, yeah. Didn't, like, didn't care. I'm like, he's like, I'm going back to the front of the net again when the game was tied 3-3 in the third period and, you know, didn't put, took his personal care, threw that out the window and cut to the front of the net. And sure, Felix Sandstrom should have made that save and he admitted to it afterwards, but that's just cutting to the front of the net. And that's something I felt the Jets didn't do against Montreal and against Toronto. They were not going to the net. They got a lot of trap, a lot of shots on goal against the Maple Leafs, but there just wasn't that second, third opportunity because there's nobody around the front of the net. So against Ottawa, Blake Wheeler gets a puck that goes off him because he was in the front of the net. And then the same thing, actually, Young Fialbi's going to the front of the net, redirects the puck, gets a goal. And so there's a lot of good things that happen in the game against Ottawa and Philadelphia. And sure, it wasn't pretty. Philadelphia was playing their fifth game in seven nights. The Jets were playing their third and four. That looked like two very tired hockey teams, but a battle of attrition, really. And the Jets come out of it with the victory. So your bottom six forward group comes up huge last night against the Flyers in a game that you knew was going to be gritty the whole way. And they just went another a different way. And that's the consistent theme with this hockey team this year is finding different ways to win hockey games. You've been leaning on your special team so much. We All we talked about how great the Jets' penalty kill was where they give up two power play goals against the Flyers last night. And you still find a way to win. So you, you have your backup goaltender, David Riddick, being perfect in Pennsylvania. He won in Pittsburgh. He won in Philadelphia. So I think... As, as hard it is to watch that one, those three goal leads disappear. It look around the league. That's been happening all year. Is it great to happen? No, but it's a tough place. You you haven't won there since 2012. You haven't won in regulation in Philadelphia since 2011. So just take the important part of it. Yes, it's hard and it's dramatic. You're right, but sometimes dramatic wins are okay, especially on the road, especially in a back to back. First of all, I like what you did there by calling a game in Philadelphia a gritty um, yeah, between the two you. teams. Was that on purpose? <laughs> It, you know, it, sometimes it just slips off your tongue, and you're like, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> then don't admit that. Just say, yes, it was. <laughs> it yes, was intentional. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah and, it was. And second of all, going into that game, I thought, you know, if there's something this second overall penalty kill in the league has to worry about, it's the 27th overall power play of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, but really, that's what happens when you give that many opportunities. To me, like to dissect yesterday's game um, again, and, and I don't want to downplay any of the three goal lead evaporating or anything like that. But to me, if you go on the road and have a back to back, that's what it, it you should just hope there's two points there. I don't think you should judge it too much. I don't think you should read too much into it. Um, if it was a different story in Ottawa where you had a 3 nothing lead and then they came back and tied yeah. that, to me on back-to-back when you're traveling, just get the two points no matter how it looks yeah. like. But that being said, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Those are the games where you need somebody in your depth to come through. Those are the games that when your your top six gets you a 3 nothing lead, you just need some of that depth. And we've talked about it all year long. Good for Kuhlman. There was, there was some yeah. times I thought he might have to buy one or send a check somewhere, and, and he finally gets one. Um, good for him and, and, and uh, obviously reinforces him and Johnson Fialbi to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. I, I, and I, we, we think I, the most important thing that I left out there is actually Johnson Fialbi blocks an important shot mm-hmm. and couldn't even get up off the ice. Out. And he's fine now, and he got the jacket afterwards. I'm sure that's a great <laughs> Listen, you may have lost your leg, but we're going to give you this leather jacket afterwards. Thank you so much. But <laughs> the fact that these guys—that's Corinthian leather, man. Maybe that's what they gave Bruce Boudreaux when he was walking out. Like, yeah, we're canning you, but one of these classic here's a, da- here's a da- rainbow jacket, Danier. Classic, like? rustic '70s. Listen, 
we love what you did for us. We know you're, you've known you're not going to be working for us for about a year and a half, but here's the jacket. Thank you for your service. Yeah, we and just want a week. Here's we, a week severance. Thank yeah, you. We just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to give you this. <laughs> the jelly of the month club. We just wanted to give you this starter orca <laughs> jacket <laughs> that we don't give out anymore, but enjoy this orca starter jacket that never really caught on with our fan base. You know, some consider I, that a collector's somebody item. Somebody autographed this jacket. We're not quite sure, but it's one of the former Canucks. Here you go. Trevor Linden thank signed this go. when we got rid of him. So that's, that's special. <laughs> Only three people have worn this jacket before you, Bruce. So you're welcome. Yeah, and yeah. we're paying them right now too. So welcome <laughs> yes. to the club. It's a jacket club. Uh, we're going on and, and on here, but you have a lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah. we're going on and on here, but it, it, yeah. this, again, with this going into Nashville tomorrow, then that's where I wonder um, uh, where this goes. We'll get into the discussion. I think eventually this week about Hellebuck mm. starts and and what Riddick has brought. Um, but this Nashville team will produce some challenges as well. Uh, what do you make of this matchup after the the team going two and two so far, Jamie? Yeah, I, it would be great to come and roll into Nashville at three and one because you you'd like to think that you'd win that game in Montreal or get something out of Toronto. But I think where they where they put their game, they absolutely frustrated Ottawa uh, the other night. Ottawa lost their minds in the third period, and we saw that uh, that. And then we've talked about it at length about the Flyers game. But I just they. Or don't have any problems getting up for Nashville games, and I think Nashville will have something to prove after what happens. You know, UC Soros gets named over top of Connor Hellebuck, or you know, I know they had to name one player at a time, and Josh Morrissey has, has earned that. But mm-hmm. I think clearly Connor Hellebuck, and I'm not sure he's going to go into this one. But we're watching like who's the better goaltender here. We know, like Jets fans and the, the guys that cover, we know who the better goaltender is. But UC Soros has been unbelievable since taking over Pekka Rene. And I think that's where all of Nashville's, they build out from around him. Mm-hmm. They're not as dynamic on their back end as they were in years past, but they're a big, heavy team. So this is going to be a heavy game again for the Jets. It's going to be physical. It's going to be hard to find space. I think the Jets have been built for, you know, they're built for this. They understand that. That's why I think it was important that they had, you know, a day off today here in Nashville to rest the bodies before another heavy game like they had in Philadelphia the night before. You know, clearly they're going to be a little bit more rested for this one. But it, it's, they're always fun games. It's going to be physical. They're going to be. It's going to be an emotional game. I don't think that, that. And I think that's a great way to end the road trip before you head home for the final three games uh, before the All Star slash Player break. Jamie Thomas, just radio color analyst, joining us here on six eighty CGOB. Jamie, thanks so much. You take care, okay, and uh, stay away from nudies there on Broadway, okay? I got into trouble there before. Just make sure you're taking care of yourself, okay? Listen, listen. I don't get in trouble anymore. Okay, oh, I know. Fifty-one. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Just go back to I know the you room. You guys want me to come on the show and say, hey, I came in. At, I don't even know where I am, guys. I woke up on the street somewhere. <laughs> came in at four. <laughs> I, was at, I was at Tootsie's. I can't remember what floor I was on. The band was good, but was yeah. it the bottom or the first floor? I don't know. I can't tell you. Who was the band? I don't know. I kept giving them twenties. <laughs> I have no money. That's not my story. I'm sorry. Oh. This sounds like a fantastic time. It sounds like a blast. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie, thanks so much. You take care, okay? I can't join you guys today. I'm writing a song in yeah. the room about everything I did last just, night. Just get back before 8 o'clock, okay? I'm just... the lead singer of a band. I don't even know who they are. Who are you guys? <laughs> Do you guys know this Garth Brooks guy? He wouldn't let me have the mic last night. Oh, jeez, what a hog. 
Uh, Jamie, thanks so much. Take care, okay? Enjoy the game right, tomorrow. See you later. See you, James. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pre-games gets going at 5 o'clock. Puck drop at 7. Nashville Jets uh, from Tennessee. Uh, Mike in Manitoba text the show here, Jim. Uh, 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. If I was Bruce, I would have texted back, uh, who dis new, f- new number? <laughs> <laughs> text, text back this is a work phone uh, am i still working <laughs> i mean we're making fun of it in the jim Toth show i'm gonna have an hr expert yeah. on this the pro sports world is so different than the normal world or the real world as i like to call it it just is um but that being said there's still proper things to do it, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit mm. after the news but um he didn't deserve this and and no. and cam we'll get into this but the players didn't deserve this the players didn't deserve to watch this man go through this and try to run them in this room. And so I'm having fun with it. You're having fun with it because the Canucks are so messed up right now. But um, it's a it's a sad day, I, I think. I, I think he's relieved. I think it's good for him. I think he's going to get his check. But the way they did this was, in my mind, shameful. We'll be right back. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Uh, hey, something big happened in the Jets 2.0 world on this date. Uh, I'll tell you what that was when we come back. Do you remember at, this album? Uh, Picture me. Cult. It's the same great hair in a 78 Toyota Celica. It was a lot longer than it is now, Jim. Come on. Primer, because it would get a darker gray when it rained. The car, not the oh, hair. The ca- oh, with a chunk of the hair. No, come on. We don't play enough Cult. I think we play an adequate amount of calls. <laughs> no one except for Jim Toth. <laughs> we'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Flurries today, north wind gusting up to 50 kilometers an hour, temperature dropping to minus 14. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a low of minus 16. Periods of light snow tomorrow, a high of minus 10. And on Wednesday, sunshine, a high of minus 14. Minus 7 right now feels more like minus 12 at 680 CJOB. Back to Jets at noon. Hello, Sarah. How was your weekend? It was great. How were yours? So, hey, hey sniper. <laughs> I asked. I asked. It was very good. Thank you very much for asking. I asked Sarah. So, what she want to talk about in this segment? She didn't said it's not a segment. It's not a segment. Did you not hear the news today? No, I didn't. What happened? Oh my god. We're talking hockey. Mm-hmm. This is not. She can play. <laughs> this is not a revelation. She's a sniper. I played. It doesn't mean I can play. <laughs> Oh, wow. So here we are having all these silly conversations, and she's sitting back there going, I've gone top shelf more than you two (laughs) have. We should see. We should see. You're out there tossing elbows around, aren't you? No, I'm defense now. Oh, defense. Uh, Okay. Maybe in the corners. Yeah. (laughs) See, that's what I mean. You know what? Behind this very kind and you want to go in the corner sort of bashful. Go ahead, but you're going to feel it. (laughs) This bashful exterior is the heart of a. Absolute animal. Be careful tank. now. <laughs> See that mark on your neck? That's signed Sarah McCarthy. There Don't come go. in this corner again. Nope. That a there girl, you go. Sarah. The more you know. Very impressed. Yeah. Wow. There you go. The Amazing. more you know. The more you know. Well, no, next time I'll bring you on, i got to get your opinions on stuff. Oh, no. Like, I don't know about that. Okay. All right. Next we'll time. talk. We'll talk. We'll Happy talk. Monday, Sarah. Happy you? Monday. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. Winnipeg Jets um, defeating the Ottawa Senators 5-1. They beat the Flyers 5-3 last night. Good weekend. Two wins, uh, four points. Uh, before I get to... 
what this day is in Jets 2.0 history. Uh, just a couple text messages from you guys. Uh, Jim, you can you can comment if you'd like on them. This one, hi, Cam. Uh, Captain Negative here. Although I'm really glad that I was wrong, Ehlers back checks, Ehlers back checks, Ehlers back checks. I'm so happy. Perhaps the coach gave him a talking to. I really like our new guys on the Jets. Selfless hockey they play. Yep, keep up the good work. And I think that was in reference to a conversation on Friday where Ehlers was kind of making a couple of iffy passes here and there, uh, perhaps uh, not uh, going after the, the, the best percentage play, just going after the one that would perhaps have the most impact. And yeah, and, and I said this uh, on Friday as well. Like Nick Ehlers is a guy that's very hard on himself. You've heard this from him in in, in how many uh, media availabilities. Uh, he looks at himself first, looks at his mirror first, and how he can fix himself. So uh, I'm sure he had a conversation with the coach, and that's what came out of it. I thought they all played a lot better that yeah. way. I, I thought Kyle yeah. Connor had some bad passes, turnovers. We all know the Shifley ones against Toronto. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought they all kind of dialed their game back in and 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 played really well. Um, Ehlers is dynamic. I mean, I don't have to tell anybody this. 17 points now in 12 games. Mm-hmm. He changes that top six. He has done just as much for his own line as he has for the line he's not on just by being back in the lineup. Yeah. The best Dane ever in terms of points. No, no, goals. Goals. He's the highest goal-scoring Dane. Who's ahead of him? Franz Nielsen oh. still has the overall point lead, but okay. it won't be long. It's I think it's yeah, like 80 catch him. Yeah. yeah, he'll catch him. But he took over the all-time goal-scoring lead. Um, look, we should go through this a bit. 57 points in 48 games for Kyle Connor, 24 goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Scheifele has 29. He's on pace for 50. Is Connor on pace? Connor's on well, well on pace for 40. Yeah. Um, he could be on pace for 52. Morrissey, 51 points, 48 games. And you games. see how long it took him to, to get going. I mean, it took him yeah. 14 games to even start heating up. He had two goals in the yeah. first 14 games, and now yeah. he's just, I think it's eight in the last six games. Um, so, look, I, I like this team. It has a ton of depth. I always like to look at what other medias are saying about it, and, and Ottawa's media was raving about this team mm-hmm. at the end of the game at 5-1. Um because look, you can say it's Ottawa, you can say it's Vancouver. You, I mean, they only beat Arizona two yeah. one, but from what I saw from the Ottawa media, the Jets are locked and loaded. This is a team that can play in all three zones very good, very well, very mm-hmm. efficiently, very effective. They have great goaltending and they can score. Um, now that they can defend collectively as a team, this is a dangerous team. I don't have to keep going on and on. They're six in the National Hockey League. They're tied for first in the West. And um, the only team that has more wins than them, more wins, not regulation wins because Dallas has them on that, but more wins than them is the Boston Bruins. That's pretty good. That's so, pretty good. You know, the thing about the thing, um, when I look at the Jets this year and, and, and looking over the rest of the season, I almost couldn't, and of course this always plays a, a role in this, but I almost couldn't care who they're playing in, in terms of their opponent. Um I think I'm worried about the Winnipeg Jets and how they're playing game in and game out because every team in the National Hockey League, I don't care if they're Arizona or Columbus or Vancouver or whatever, um, who the Winnipeg Jets are going to play, those 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 teams are all capable of having a good game. I want to see how the Winnipeg Jets can respond and keep picking up points. I think that's the most the most important thing here. So, um, well, I, it's, I, I, yeah, it's fair enough to go Detroit and and uh, Montreal and Ottawa and Philly. Fair enough, but. Calgary, okay, Calgary, but Tampa Bay, yeah, um, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, we can go on and on. What they've done against uh, Dallas Buffalo this was year. A real, Dallas is the best team in the West. Yeah, Buffalo played the Jets real hard back on the 12th. And they didn't play well. 
No. So I look, I'm with you at this point of the season. We do this all the time. And yeah. what's the com- competitiveness been like? Who are they playing? You can only play who's in front of you. And vice versa of that is look at look at the teams, the weak teams that they've beaten. And I'll just do this. What if they drop both games on the weekend? What if they get an overtime point again? And, and instead of four points, they get one. We'd be doing the opposite of this. This is, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to convince anybody that doesn't want to be convinced, but this yeah. is a good hockey team. This is why I said last year they were a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. And when they didn't make the playoffs, I accept all the heat I took because of that. And and if it's a coaching change, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Bonus, Arneal, Lauer, mm-hmm. Johnson, all the people that have come in. They needed a fresh voice. They needed a new direction. And we all know what Rick Bonus can do with the team when it comes to defensive play. So they Mm -hmm. get a ton of credit for that. But on paper, this team was as good as it was last this year as it was last year, save for maybe some better depth in the bottom six. And they just needed somebody to bring it out of them. And and so I I think they could have been doing this last year. I really do. That's why last year sucks even more. Yeah. That's why it it honest a hundred percent. It makes it makes last year suck even more. Because this is what this team was capable of last year as well. That's why it was so disappointing. And that's why we heard what we yeah. heard down the last month of the season. It's not like like in Vancouver, do you hear any of the players going, we're better than this? Do you hear any no. of the players going, you know, we, we're just unlucky or we've got to dial it in or blah, 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 blah. Any of the things you heard from the Jets the last month of last season, mm-hmm. are you hearing that from the Vancouver players? Because I think the Vancouver players are going... You know, this yeah. this is a mess. Mm-hmm. We're a mess right now. Yeah. So I think my point to that is, is that's why you heard so much of it last year was because this is who they were. And Cam, we talked about this all off season and in the training camp. Did and we? Neil Pionk <laughs> and Nate Schmidt joined us yeah. and talked about this. You can call it a chip on your shoulder, but what we didn't hear or we had to read between the lines are, yeah. we all work out with different players. Everybody has friends on other teams. It was a little embarrassing to have yeah. this good of a team and not do anything. And everybody it. knew it. Everyone yeah, knew it. I, I think it, you can be angry, chip on your shoulder, we'll show you. But to me, it's more of uh, we're better than this and nobody believes us. Yeah, you know, the thing is that's maybe why I, I'm kind of feeling the way I'm feeling about not really concerning myself with the Winnipeg Jets opponents uh, over the rest of the season here and just kind of focusing on what the Jets are doing because I saw a team last year that was a team that could contest for the first place in the in this in the central division first place in the western conference and you know for a number of reasons that we've unpacked and everybody knows um they they couldn't reach those goals they couldn't so this is about the Winnipeg Jets. This is about them focusing on their game. It's about them honing themselves up. It's about them getting ready to take that next step and and perhaps pick up a couple bodies on the way. The trade deadline, I mean, we're really fast approaching that. It's a little over, I think, about five, five, half, five and a half weeks away here. Um, and that's going to become a bigger, bigger topic of conversation. Were um, there, were there, sorry, no, I ahead. should look at you before I start talking. No, no, no. Were there games this year that you said, okay, whoa, like this is a good team? Uh, the Tampa game, I really took a step back and I said that these guys, um, these guys are, are are something else. I I really like the Winnipeg Jets in Ottawa. I thought the game against Pittsburgh, just in my my most recent memory here, uh, against the Florida Panthers um, last in, in December, I thought the Winnipeg Jets looked really good. And and I I can't say that I didn't look at that game in Boston and see how the Winnipeg Jets played. I was going to say Boston was they looked like a really really good team that was going through so much injury, so much adversity, a road trip that didn't end, back to playing a ridiculous schedule at that time. 
um, and they came out and, and they dominated. But I think the team really came into its own is when they had that um, back early on in the season. I think it was uh, early October there. Um, the Winnipeg Jets were were kind of dancing around. I think they were 1-3. And, and then uh, St. Louis came into town. They were 3-0 and undefeated, and the Jets beat them 4 nothing. And then I think yeah. it was like, okay, we can start to see something here. So I thought a healthy Colorado team would win this division. And then I thought the Jets are going to finish second or third. And I a thought healthy Colorado team, Jim, would very likely be winning this division, or at least be in the race right now. Yes, with the Jets I agree and, with that. And, and, and Dallas. And, and so I, I just gave at the start of the year, I gave Colorado the division, and then I said they will be in and around second to third, depending on Dallas, St. Louis, and Nashville. So mm-hmm. when they beat St. Louis four nothing when they were three and zero, I thought, yeah. okay, they can hang with with the top yeah. three teams in this division. The next game for me was November 21st, and this is ominous because they went to Calgary and won 3-2 on Saturday, came home and won in overtime against Seattle. They had three days off and got past Anaheim barely 3-2. They then got shut out at home to Pittsburgh, and Carolina came to town. Mm. And when they were up 3-0 against Carolina, and Carolina scored three empty net goals, for 15 minutes of that game, I thought, okay, this isn't just a team that can hang in the top three of their own division. Mm they might have something. They might do some damage. Yeah. And and I, I get it. Like, everyone's going to say, but they gave up those three and went to overtime to win it. I get it. But, yeah. but the other way to look at that, to give up those three, which I promise you you'll never see again on empty net goals, three in a row. <laughs> no, never. To win that, even giving up that and go to overtime. The the old, I think, perception of this team would have been they lose in overtime and then people would be going, well, at least they got, or trying to, they yeah. got a point. They needed to win that game and they 100%. did. So that's the first time I went, okay, the next time. So since then, I knew they were a top three team. The The time that I thought they got to go for it here is the Boston game. Mm-hmm. The 3-2 loss in Boston with seven regulars out of the lineup. And they hung in there. And I thought, if they can get this core back... 20 games from now and get healthy and get, when I mean 20 games from now, Ehlers was better on the weekend. So Mm -hmm. get them some playing time. Then they went into Washington right after that and won 4-1. And I thought, this is a good team. This is is for sure a playoff team. This is for sure a team that can push. It can, like right now, I think this team could minimum win two rounds in the playoffs. Without, yeah, they're 100% capable of it. So now it's about how do we win a Stanley Cup? How do they get past the West? How do you look to the, I think the what, West? And what is do they wide need? open? I agree with you on that one. I agree with you on that one. Um, and it's about what's this? What, what does this team need to be mentally? Last time they got to the Western Conference, I remember um, they. Uh, I think it was at the end of the year, out of their like last ten games. I think they won eight or nine of them. Yeah, they caught they fire came, at the right they time. They came in hot. They Cincinnati um, bangled it. <laughs> yeah, they had that's a bad exactly start, right. And they got hot at the end. And yeah, yeah, totally right about that. Um, uh, teased heading into the last break here. Uh, on this day in 2021, the Winnipeg Jets acquired Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third-round pick uh, this last year uh, for Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic. Uh, we can look back on this, um, you know, th- two years ago now, Jim. Can we say that one team won and one team lost? I would think so. I mean, I've been watching Laine with the Kyle Connor chase and the goals and yeah. all that. Cause I made that statement a couple of years ago that got me almost thrown off Twitter. Wow. You know, Jim, that if you hadn't have been right about that, but, um, but oh. you were right. 
So it doesn't matter. Say that. <laughs> the Jack Rosovic thing is interesting. Yeah. Like everybody who kept telling me that he needed opportunity in the top six, not the third line. And I kept hammering home for two straight years. He spent five weeks straight in the top six, and then he spent six weeks straight in the top six. And I think it was when Ehlers was out, and then I think it was when Shifley was out, and mm-hmm. Wheeler went to center for five weeks. That's right. Um, he was uh, on his left side. Yeah. I, I have nothing. Jack Ross is one of the nicest guys I've ever ran into and talked to and everything. This is nothing about who he is or anything like that. I just didn't see it in his game, the consistency that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he wanted to trade and wanted more opportunity – He's gotten all the opportunity he could ask for. And you can tell me all the guys he's played with in Columbus, fair enough, or John Tortorella. I just, he's borderline looking at being one of those guys who can light the world on fire for one week every three months. Yeah. You know, and I, I think if you look at that and you're picking a winner and you're you're saying which player is the better player, who has a more impact on a game night in and night out? Well, most of the time it would be the guy that's able to score. Um, but I, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, Patrick Lane, I know he's been dealing with injuries and, 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 and all that sort of thing. Uh, he's got 13 goals this year. Pierre-Luc Dubois has got 20 and, and it's I, about defending. It's about what yeah, Bonus said the yeah. other day is everyone's raving about his offensive game, rightfully so, but the way he's defending, he, he's going to go, he's going to go in the corner. He's going to get the puck. That's something that Patrick Lane just doesn't have. So if you look at it and say, well, who won the trade, who got the better player, the Winnipeg Jets got the better player. As far as I'm looking at it now, as devastating as well, it was, a center too. Like, I, if yeah. you can get a center for a winger, no matter how many points they put, and that center plays a full 200 foot game and puts up points, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Every people always say goaltending is how you build a team. Uh, more and more in the hockey world, they're saying center. Give me a center, and I'll build through the middle. Yeah. And you can fix everything else. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of Canucks and the circus undergoing there. Got a bunch of text messages on this, 204-780-6868. We'll, we'll read some of those. I'll start off here with Doug. If I lived in Vancouver and had season tickets, I would start a Facebook page and have everyone boycott their next home game, empty stands, FU management. Doug not happy. Doug not happy at all. It's, we'll get in. It's an app. It's disgraceful. To treat anyone like this, let alone a guy who's been around the game this long. We'll be if right. you don't like him, fire him. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, we got about two and a half minutes here, Jim. Uh, wrapping up the show, talking about the Vancouver Canucks in the circus. I think uh, during the press conference I listened to, they were referred to as the, the butt of jokes across the country, which I think is very accurate. It's been an ongoing situation of uh, issues following the team. Um, the latest and, um, uh, of course, the situation around Bruce Boudreau. And there's no way that the organization uh, comes out of this looking good. Um, probably the most egregious thing to me is how this thing was able to leak. That tells me you have a lot of people that are upset with what's been going on in the organization and are willing to tell things to the media that perhaps the other members of the management team don't want to be said. And that's where the real cluster blape of this comes out of. Um, you have an organization now listen, and I think this needs to be said as well. Organizations look to replace coaches all the time. The fact of the matter is this one was so public. It was callous to keep him around and have him ride out into the quote unquote sunset here. Um, and then you have poor uh, Bruce Boudreaux coming in and, and, and bawling his eyes out and you're seeing his reaction on the bench. You're hearing the comments from Tyler Myers, uh, and all this sort of thing. And and I and I look at a situation where Mike Yo is still on the coaching staff after all these after all these moves. 
Why didn't he? Why wasn't he able to step in as an interim basis? And why was it that Bruce? Uh, and I understand there's other stuff going on here and stuff like that, but but this is a real. It's it's a real bad looking uh, situation for the Vancouver Canucks. And Jim, I have to ask you: Do you think they care? Do you think that they care that they look they this should bad? Have. Somebody like I've been saying for over a week that management team is massive. There's a GM. There's a director of hockey, President Rutherford. There's Cami Granado. Um, I forget the other lady's name that's involved there. They have another person involved. They have a top heavy front office, and not one of them in meetings. And, and maybe they have didn't say let's just let him go. He's crying on our bench. He's he's crying yeah. on our bench. The players are watching us put him through this and feel for him, have emotions for him, care about this guy, and we keep running him out there. Jason King is on that bench, former Manitoba Moose. Mike Yo, that's how long King has been in that organization. You can't two weeks ago go, here's our interim coach, and seven games later go, here's Rick Tockett, our head coach. Where's the voice of reason? We're just Jim? alleviating this process, yeah, this got, black cloud. We got 10 cloud. seconds here, but like, where, where's, the, where, where's somebody saying treat, that this isn't right? Just treat people with respect. Whether you like them or not, just treat them with respect. Jim will keep rocking this out over the course of the rest of the show. He's going to be here till 3 o'clock. Uh, thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche. Welcome back, buddy, uh, for producing the program. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.